Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I get scared every time I come up here. And there's a reason for that. It's not that I'm afraid of you, because I know you don't bite. But um, there's just something about being entrusted with the words of God. And I just want to be so careful to convey those things that, um, that he's been talking about. And, um, whew, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just focus on it for a minute. We just fix our eyes on you this morning. In December, um, I asked our prophetic people in the church, our prophetic leaders, those who are, uh, that hear God's heart, just to wait before him. And if there was a word that he wanted to give, uh, just to write it down and send it. And this word has been, uh, it's, it's come back to me every week since it was given. And I really believe today um, Amanda would be giving this, but she's with the children, but I believe the Lord wants you to hear this word today. So, just let this go into your heart. So, my children, I love you. I love how you love each other. And those who come for the first time, you have a gift of loving others. You show it in your actions and in your words. You show it in your attitudes and in your obedience to me. In loving others, you are really and truly loving me. Thank you. I have commanded blessing on you and your church because of the love that you have for each other. This is not an easy, surface kind of love. You have loved in difficult times as well. You are kind and respectful of each other even when you disagree. This is a kind of love that is hard fought and a hard one kind of love. This is what people talk about when they come here. It's not just that you greet them and that other people come over to talk to them, although that is part of it. But it's that you truly love each other and this is what you're offering, true love. He says, I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted to you. You are not only you not only love each other and strangers with open arms, but you love me. Even when you are hurting, you throw yourselves into worshiping me, and I'm attracted to that. That's uh, something that the angels are attracted to, and I'm going to keep coming. And so, Father, we hear your heart this morning. We thank you that we worship a God who actually wants to engage with us and speak into us, into our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you're talking all the time. Whew. So, do you ever find yourself in a place, I'm pretty sure every one of us is, this is kind of a rhetorical question. Do you ever find 
um, yourself in that place where you can't hear what the Lord is saying. Yeah. Um, or perhaps you are hearing something, but uh, half of the time it's a head scratcher. You're like, I don't know if this is me or the enemy or if it's um, if it's God. And so we walk around with this kind of confusion some of the time. I, I have that happen to me. Um, but we stand on this scripture, John 10, 27, and Jesus himself said this, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And being able to hear God is absolutely essential to each one of our spiritual lives and our physical lives, our emotional lives, our mental lives. We need to be able to know the heart of God for for ourselves personally and for others. And this is what Jesus died on the cross for, wasn't it? He came to bring us back into relationship with the Father. At one point, all of us were alienated from him. We were separated. We didn't have a clue. But he stepped in. And Jesus uh, took that, um, that separation by paying uh, for our punishment on the cross. And if you haven't heard the gospel, that's why the gospel is such good news. It's because Jesus took away that barrier. And it's our God-given right as children of God to be able to hear him. And um, we don't take it lightly. Jesus paid the highest price possible so that we could engage with with the Father, engage with him by his spirit. Matthew 7, these are again Jesus' words. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I absolutely love this scripture because it's such a picture of, um, Lord, I need to talk with you. I want to talk with you. And if you're knocking on the door and somebody opens a door, there's conversation, isn't there? It's not like one-sided. You don't just, you know, tell them why you're at the door and then take off. No. Usually there is, would you like to come in? And this is what um, Jesus did on the cross. Come in. Come in. This is, this is the kind of... of um, beautiful God that we serve. He has been speaking to us um, in the last few weeks about us talking to him and he's been saying, I'm talking to you. And so we are saying to the Lord, uh, give us ears to hear what you're saying. Now, as I was preparing my heart to talk about this, um, the Lord brought revelations to me. I don't know if you've read the first uh, few chapters of Revelation lately, but I find the letters to the seven churches that are scattered around uh, in the Turkey, um, it's in the Turkish area where they used to be. Um, um, have you read them lately? 
oh my goodness, what an amazing heart check to go to those churches and read what Jesus himself said to those churches. Now, I believe that the Lord wants to encourage us, build us up, strengthen us. And he does so by speaking directly to us exactly what I read with Amanda's word. But if you notice in Revelation, and I won't go through them all, but I'll start with the church in Ephesus. He starts out by saying, I know your deeds. I, I've seen your hard work. I've seen what you have done, what you've given up, what you've laid down. And that's amazing. That is amazing. But I have this one thing against you. Do you know that he does speak to those areas of our lives? It's not just the warm fuzzies that we get from him. Sometimes there is, are these direct conversations that he, he wants to have with us. And um, I believe he's wanting to speak to the obstacles that are in our relationship with him. And there are many obstacles that can come up. But we're going to talk about three or four of them this morning. Everybody good with that? Because his warning to the churches back then is also a warning to us. When I read those warnings, I can take every one of those things personal. Because those same spirits, those same human tendencies are still at work in our hearts. Those secret things that come along and destroy our, our relationship with him. And so he's saying to us this morning, Revelation 2, 7, after he'd spoken with Ephesus, he said, uh, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and help us to be receptive to you this morning. Whatever it is that you're putting the spotlight on this morning, Lord, we want to follow you wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. None of those churches exist today in Turkey. None of them. And that was God's warning to the church was, if you don't pay attention to these things, uh, it won't be long before your candlestick or the light will leave that area. And that's what's happened. So we want to take that to heart. Lord, don't let that happen to us. The first obstacle we're going to talk about this morning is pride. And um, I wouldn't consider myself a proud person. I don't think any one of us here would. But there's a spirit of pride in our society, and it's pretty easy to start thinking and one of the biggest areas is self-sufficiency. I've got everything I need. You know, I'm pretty good. Thanks, God. Um, I'm good. I'm good. And, and you can hear him saying, um, will, you, will you give me that, that part of your life? Will you give me that relationship? Will you give me that problem? And, and there's something in us that says, 
Yeah, I got this. I got this. Um, I've been reading in the Old Testament about the, the kings and the prophets, and it's just shocking how many um, of the kings uh, just they would get power and then they didn't need God. Or they would get what they wanted and then that was it. And that intimacy began to shift and they got corrupted. And again, these are warnings for us. They're not just good stories or, or sad stories. They are meant to bring us into a place of awareness that this can happen to us. And one of the most uh, amazing things about King David was that he inquired of the Lord. And this is how we, uh, we take a stand against the spirit of pride that comes through our culture or areas where we've opened up to the spirit of pride unknowingly just by living a self-seeking life, a self-centered um, self life is pretty easy in this world. We just heard about Barbie's uh, friends. Oh my goodness. Um, the world would say, well, that's nice uh, that you care. And there'll be a measured response to that. But God's heart is breaking for, for these people to know him. And, and so he's put in us the ability to be able to respond. And, and so uh, we can no longer look at people around us and go, well, that's their life. I have my life. That's the spirit of this world, that, that proud and lofty thing that just takes care of, of me. And James uh, 4, 6, and 7 says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. It goes on to say, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil or resist that spirit and it will flee from you because pride focuses on self, self-preservation and so on. But I'm learning as soon as I open my eyes in the morning to submit my time, my talents, my treasures back to him because it is so easy just to live for me and not to think about anything else. And the Lord is, is trying to convey to us that the way that we relate to people in our world, we're actually relating to Him. So come near to God, and He will come near to you. So have that attitude in the morning of, Lord, I'm coming near to you right off the bat. I'm not waiting. I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you my life right away. And um, he, we actually can choose how close we are to God. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. We choose that. Yeah. And, it's, and it's found right here in this place of learning to humble yourself and, and admit that you don't have everything that you need. In fact, you got zip that will, that will bring eternal value to your life or to someone else's life. Because anything that is of lasting value comes to life when we give it to God. That's how we experience eternal life, is that surrender. Obstacle number two, willful sin. 
what the heck is willful sin? Well, um, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. What is willful sin? Uh, James 4, 17 says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. If you're having trouble hearing God's voice, go back to the place where he last instructed you. Or go back to that place where you know, you know what, that's not a good thing that I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. I just, I just want to. And that's that area that it can't submit, but you can change your heart. It's always been God's plan to speak fluently to each and every one of us. Remember Adam and Eve? They walked, they talked with him, they had unbroken fellowship, and he only asked them to not do something. There was one thing. And what did they gravitate towards? That thing. And um, as I was thinking about that, and as it relates to willful, um, willful sin, I heard the Lord say, you know, I didn't hide from them. They hid from me. Because that's the immediate reaction when he said, don't do something, and then we do it anyway. We actually hide. We feel shame. Or we feel like something isn't quite right. And I don't really want to, I don't really want to face it. That's really what we're doing. And we pull, we pull back. God's the one that said, where are you? I've heard people say, well, where is God? But I can hear him saying, where are you? Did you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And um, I think right now, I think we need to do a heart exam in this area because it's easy to think about somebody else. Uh, when I was looking at, at what he was saying, I was thinking about other people, not me. And he's like, I'm not interested in other people. I'm talking about the stuff that you tend to hide, the stuff that nobody else would see or be aware of. The thing of secret sin or willful sin is that it keeps you from being wholehearted in your devotion to God. And that's what he's been asking from human beings right from the beginning. He wants that wholehearted, unbroken connection. And so if there's anything that you cannot bring into the light, that is what needs to be dealt with. Um, otherwise, you're going to deal with shame, self-consciousness, self-hatred, fear, guilt, a loss of peace. The worst one on this list is that dullness begins to creep in between you and the Lord. And you start to lose that first love. You start to feel just a little bit less... Um, spiritually inclined but God doesn't look at us as being spiritually inclined he looks at us as being relational or not 
So 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all sin. As a rule of thumb, I say, if I can't bring it into the light, then there's something wrong there. And that's an amazing tool that we can, we can uh, measure when we're looking at our hearts. Can I share this with anybody? I should be able to. And a willful sin uh, is something that just resists being exposed. It can even be belief systems. Well, if I, if I shared that, then, you know, people might, uh, you know, might think that I've gone off. Well, maybe you have. Maybe you have gone off. You should be able to share things and still be open to having correction because that's what coming into the light does. It keeps you safe. It keeps other people safe, especially if you're an influencer. So willful sins can be things like unforgiveness. You know, you've made this resolve, I am not going to forgive. Well, that's gonna show up. It's going to show up. And that devotion just will not be there. Sexual immorality, big one. We think, well, you know, these things are acceptable in our society. Not in the kingdom of God. No. What are you doing messing up somebody else's life? You've messed up yours, but what are you doing? They have a destiny, and God's jealous over them. Give your head a shake. And you know what he says? Stop. You don't have to just keep asking the Lord, is this or not? No, don't. You don't have to ask that question. You already know. You're hiding. Pull it into the light and stop it. If you repent, which means change, um, well, first of all, you confess. That, that's that place of getting it out into the light. And then you change. It's not just good enough to confess it. There's got to be something that backs that up. Which leads me then to the next obstacle, which is unbelief. Pretty sure that if you don't follow through in, in willful sins and, and getting rid of them, that you're going to start slip sliding into the next one, which is unbelief. Hebrews 4.2 says, um, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, which is talking about the children of Israel, God's promise to bring them into their promised land. Um, uh, we had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. So you can, uh, you can hear him, and you can hear him so many times that, but not respond that you actually end up not believing that there is a change or there could be a change. 
You, you can hear God speaking and it doesn't even affect you. Anybody ever experienced that in your life? I have. Or I've got unbelief. Well, it's quite possible that somewhere in my heart, I've hardened my heart somewhere. In, in James it says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Actually, it says in Hebrew. Hebrews, not James. Um, so you can hear God's voice and still not trust him. Um, this particular passage talks about finding a place of rest. And to me, a place of rest is a place where I trust God. I trust his word to me, and I trust his nature to back it up. That is my place of rest. I don't have to strive if I know that God is going to do something. That's where I get my heart check. Is this, can I find this place? If God's promised me something and he, he's faithful to his word, that's where I'm going to draw my thinking from. Um, pure and simple, if you cannot, or if you want to hear God's voice, then you must be willing to let go of the other voices. If you want to hear his voice, stop listening to the other voices. And these voices are everywhere. So it's going to take a certain amount of collaboration with the Holy Spirit to put a stop to listening to all those voices. Fear. Fear is a big one. Lies. Anxious thoughts. Uh, negative thoughts. Um, what's the antidote? Philippians 4. Um, 4 to 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. That's a place of, cho of choosing. I will say it again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. That's a command. Do not be anxious. That means I can do something about that. It has everything to do with speaking to yourself and going, You will not be anxious. I can't resolve not to be anxious, but I've, I've really been practicing leaning on him saying, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, and it's this part of my heart that he is bringing to life. I can't fix myself, but he can. And so those are the things I'm thinking about, the things I'm choosing to think about. And that is part of why we don't hear him, is we're thinking about all the problems and all uh, the terrible ramifications of this and that. And worry is listening to Satan's thoughts. Stop it. Each one of us um, could have mental illness if we keep listening to those things. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, of power, and a sound mind. That means a disciplined mind. We get to choose these things because we're in relationship with God. And so if we want to hear him, then he'll put his finger on this part. He'll say, stop worrying. Because that's self-reliance, isn't it? 
Obstacle number four. Um, it just is so simple. Maybe you're just unaware that you can begin a relationship with God. Maybe you're new in your faith journey. Or like Ramesh and I, we were, we were raised in, in, uh, in cultures where uh, we didn't know that you could hear God by the Spirit. We, we understood and we, we knew the importance of believing God's Word, but I didn't know that you could hear Him in your ear talking. Wow, that changed everything when I found out that He loves, um, He loves to speak to me freely and personally. It's, it's, a, it's a game changer and of course I can, I can, everything that He says, I bring it back to the Word of God and, and I'm, I'm strengthened in that. But He's very current in our lives. And you can hardly shut him up. He wants to talk. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to love on us. But he also wants us to be open to correction. And I know one thing about him. When he corrects, it is delicious. It's painful, yes, because I know something's going to change. But boy, oh boy, when I listen and I make those decisions, uh, oh my goodness, this, the peace that floods back in, the, the goodness of God that shows up on every side. Everything changes when I start making choices that line, it, line up with his desire for me. And, I can, and the best part is I can hear him so clearly. This is, I know that I know that I know that I know. This is what belongs to us. And we have to be jealous over this and cultivate our relationship with him. On Wednesdays, um, especially this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about um, the different ways that God speaks. And so if you haven't been out on a Wednesday night, please come. It's our prophetic night and where uh, we want to honor the Lord. Uh, he wants us to be able to see him, hear him, feel him, experience him, and we're going to talk about those things and present ourselves to him to be activated in those areas. Sound good? Wonderful. So basically, um, it's 12 o'clock. Look at that. Whoa. Um, can we just stand to our feet? I know that we're going to go downstairs and and have fellowship together, but I'm wondering if um, some of our leadership team would just come up to the front here. You know who you are. Autumn, Daisy. Okay, so these lovely people up here, um, they have ears to hear, and they have ears to hear uh, your heart sincerely towards God. And remember, when we are in fellowship with one another, it's the same as being with Him. And we can confess our sins one to another. So, if there are areas 
Any of these obstacles have become places where it seems impassable, or you just need to do the actual work of confessing. Please come up and, um, and just share with any one of our trusted leaders. And trusted leaders, uh, I believe that the Lord wants to speak through you, and I ask that you would uh, stir up uh, his, uh, your ears to hear what he wants to say to those that come and uh, minister. So as they share with you, I want you just to speak back to them the word of the Lord. Okay? So please, um, Father God, we ask that you would move right now. This is your desire that the, the little foxes that spoil the vine would be rooted out and that your light would shine. And so we, we ask right now that, that um, as we step forward, that you would deal with each one of us in Jesus' name. So come on.